What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Dogs Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. Jack, we had a great week in golf. We had d- double the golf this week, you could argue. So it was uh, extra, extra fun, extra golf. Yeah, it works for me. I mean, it was really sad to see Dell match play because I think it delivered what everybody wants the match play to be, which is four names going at it in the final four spots. I think it's a shame that they're kind of phasing this one out, and I hope PGA Tour kind of uh, goes back to the drawing board and tries to think of a way to get us another match like this, even if it's not in Austin. Uh, But on the other hand, Corrales was freaking beautiful. That track is awesome. And PGA Tour, if you want to fly us out to play there, you know. Yeah, it will be sad to have the match play gone for a little bit. I think there there could be a really good way to get involved where even if you did it like duos, like I know they do the other duo tournaments, which which tournament is escaping me. But if you did a different version of. Yes, if you did like another version of Zurich, um, but you did it as like a match play with like again another 32 teams too many teams to do for that like i think you can get away with it um even even throw in the lpga if you want to get real fancy with it there's 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 a multitude of options if you really wanted to get fancy with it um but i i do think this is one of these tournaments that although isn't maybe not the the best week in terms of dfs and betting on the planet it's it's such a fun tournament to watch it is also a little sad by the time sunday comes around I don't know if burnt out was the word, but like I had seen so much golf. I felt like it was, you know, a little bit, a little bit of the path, but I know that there was only two matches. Disrespectful. So it, was, it was easier to watch, but again, I just felt by like Sunday, I was kind of like, all right, like I know for the most part what's going on. I can kind of keep it on in the background while I'm just, you know, doing whatever well, else. Also doing. Sam Burns basically finished the match by like the 12th hole. I mean, it was, it was done. Maybe maybe that's why it felt that way as well. You know, there was a, there was a lot of factors included in that. Uh, but yeah, Sam Burns absolutely crushed it. In terms of brackets, you said what? You got 160 points on your bracket? Yeah, I did. I had um, Spieth winning, which didn't make another group stage. I had Shoffley as a runner-up who made it two rounds. Um, I had Rom going to the third-place match who didn't make it out of group stage. Um, and then Scotty being the third place. So that hit, but yeah, it was just bad. Yeah, to be to be fair, I wasn't too much better. Um, I had Homa winning, and Homa did really, really well until he met the uh the buzzsaw that was Mackenzie Hughes. Um for whatever reason, Mackenzie crushed him on that one, which I loved because I had uh Mackenzie in my DFS lineup. I'll go over that. But I had Hatton kind of as my big winner last week, and uh I don't know. He, he hurt his hand. Evidently, he was rubbing it out a little bit too much on the, earlier on last week. and just Yeah. So in 2000, it was like 19 or 20. He had a hand surgery yeah. and he thinks on one of the shots he got like a stinger. And he said it was kind of more of a mental thing where once it hurt really, really bad, he was aware of the injury and what he had to do and stuff like that, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, you know, he just didn't look like himself. He was able to gut through it. And uh, I've heard that he should be fine going into this week. Um, and this was more of just to get a couple more rounds under him before he gets to Augusta. Yeah. And and again, I, I, I read about it and I, I thought about swapping it out, but I knew that I had had him in the lineups already and I, he was a winner and he was, Somebody I had winning my bracket. I didn't really want to change all of that beforehand. Um, I know I threw out a DFS lineup on DraftKings, so I'll just quickly kind of run through that. Um, if you used it, you cashed out in both cash and GPPs. Um, so there's a nice little week on that. Scotty Scheffler finished in fourth. Um, Terrell Hatton finished like last. Wills Altors also finished about last. Uh, Minmoo Lee finished T31. 
Matt Kuchar made it out of the group stage. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes, again, really kind of carried this lineup. He finished T7, um, and he was 6,100. So outside, I think of, uh, was it J.J. Spawn? Was he the other guy that was Stoneman that made it out? Yes. He was the cheapest guy um, to make it out of the group stage. So that was that was a nice uh, nice carry for that one, especially from Mackenzie Hughes, who not a lot of people were high on. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't do too much betting on the Dell match play. Uh, I do have to point it out because it was just a little fun thing I had. I should have I should have tweeted about it. I had a fifteen dollar free bet. I put on Xander beating Cam Davis round one, they Colin Morikawa beating Victor Perez round one, Scotty Scheffler beating Davis Riley round one, Jason Day beating Adams Fenson round one. Wyndham Clark top 20 and Thomas Dietrich top 40 plus 1,328. That smacked boys. And I should have made bets on that, but uh, your boy's an idiot and didn't think about it. It's all right. Now you got a little bit of uh, walking around money for your partner to go shopping. <laughs> oh, no, dude, are you kidding me? I'm just saving it all the bet next week. Uh, um, in terms of winner's picks, I did have Kevin Kisner. He went 0 for 3. He stunk and it wasn't pretty. Um, I had a winner's pick of Jordan Spieth and he stunk. He went 0 for 3. So. <laughs> yeah, neither of us, neither of our winner's picks really uh really brought it home this week. Um yeah, I mean, did you have any other thoughts on match play or do you want to go to Corrales real faster? Yeah, and the reason I just want to point out that we're going so quickly is we have two tournaments to cover, so it's a lot of quick and there's not much to talk about match play, only because outside of betting, I mean there weren't that many options available to us on Monday night, and it's hard to judge play because Mackenzie Hughes can go out and fire one against Max Homa and then at his local course tomorrow shoot 85 so it's just it's one of these events that's really hard to take a lot into account um, unless you're winning and you've played three four five six rounds in a row yeah exactly uh it's just a, it's just a little strange one to bet so you just kind of do what you can and and go from there try not to bet your whole life savings on match play save a little bit for Augusta uh, but let's get into uh, let's get into Corrales. Speaking of Augusta, Jason Day, as of yesterday morning, made it into the top 50 in the world rankings as a result of making it out of the initial stage. So he got his invite to Augusta. There you go. That's the that's the way to do it. Uh, l- let's hope that there's a few other guys. Well, the one person that wins this week will also go to Augusta. And there's a few names that would be really fun to see. Ricky uh, Fowler. Excuse yeah, me. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's the one that will stand out. But uh, we can get into Ricky Fowler a little bit later. Uh, how, how'd you, how did Corrales go for you, Jack? How'd oh, DFS go? so blissfully. Let me just tell you, if you <laughs> followed anything, any anything I did this week, you're welcome. FanDuel, six for six on cuts, two guys, sorry, three guys in the top 10 in FanDuel. So that helps. Um, DraftKings smacked as well, one and everything, except Chad Ramey withdrew and he was under par. So it's not like we were getting screwed by like he was seven over and he withdrew, just called it a day. He was under par. And in that one, we had three guys inside the top 15. Um, so points in DFS are obviously a little bit different. That was just awesome. You know, you have a guy like Jason Duffner who was just like 5% owned smacking in that and your points elevate. So that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You had a really good week. Um, I laugh because I, I remember I thought about tailing a few of your bets and I didn't. And I kind of wish I would have because then I could have I uh, could have been in the positive. But we'll, we'll take it. You know, it wasn't the worst week of all time. Um, I, had a, I had a few le- nice, nice names. At least I tailed you a little bit in terms of DFS. Uh, my boy, I, w- I will, I, w- I will be a part of the Cougar Collins fan club. Um, he did miss the cut on the number, unfortunately, 
and he shot plus plus one and even par to miss the cut by the one shot. Um, it was not an ugly round. I was keeping an eye on him. He was competitive within everything. Birdie, so not- par, 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 bogey, par, 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 Oh, my goodness. Yeah, exactly. It was tons of pars. I mean, I'm I'm not mad at it, especially for 6,100. There was plenty of plenty of guys right around him in terms of price that shot like plus seven, plus eight. It could have been much worse. I was very okay with it. Um, but, but Jack, why don't you go into DraftKings? My lineup or my bets? Uh, lineups. I was going to say, I already did. I did. Both oh, you already did? Oh, you were cruising. All right. I wasn't even paying attention because you didn't sell off the numbers. Um, I did okay in terms of DraftKings. I, I just missed out on the money. I had two guys missed the cut. Uh, Wyndham Clark finished six. Taylor Pendrith finished T70. Dietrich finished T8. Badly T46. And then Jeff Ogilvy and Cougar Collins both missed the cut. Uh, for FanDuel, I won in both uh, 50-50 and single entries. I had Wyndham Clark with sixth, Thomas Dietrich T8, Taylor Pendrith T70, Aaron Badley T46, Tano Goya T35, and then again, Cougar Collins missed a cut. Um, so four for six and five for six, respectively. Again, I had the, I had the dart throwing Cougar, and I, I'm, I would not trade it for a six out of six based on how he, how he did. It was great. Yeah, you have to take a flyer on that one. You know, he did. He could have shot easily twenty four over, and it was just been still as fun. But getting a guy close to that number at sixty one hundred is is just honestly, it's a crapshoot. He actually, I looked at the numbers based on the fact that he didn't bogey a lot of holes. He was one of the better golfers that didn't make the cut in terms of DFS scoring. So it it worked out well, not not well because obviously you want your guy to make the cut. But if a guy's going to miss the cut at least he's giving you a still consistent amount of points to keep you in the running. To, what was the own percentage on Cougar Collins? Do you have any? <laughs> let me, yeah. let me look real fast. I'm going to, I'm curious as well. I can pull him up on uh, here. Uh, why don't you get into your bets and talk about how great you are? Ah, oh, it's music <laughs> to my ears. You just, just for the record, you guys are all welcome. Uh, we had six bets this week. And we went six for six. And for those of you who do not know, which I will continue to say it every single week, this is terrifying because I've said for the last three months in a row that for every unit I am up, I will have a bet at Augusta National. Now we are one week away from Augusta National and we just went six for six. So Wyndham Clark top 20 was a minus 120, got sixth place. Thomas Dietrich top 30, he was tied for eighth place. Harry Hall top 40, tied for 13th place nikolai hoyard top 30 um that was a win he finished solo second wyndham clark beating joel damon uh wyndham clark was second i think damon was like 53rd or something like that and then wyndham clark top 20 in round one scoring he was tied for 15th um for a total of 5.3 units up this week bringing us to 28.7 units up overall, which is just awesome and absolutely anxiety driving going into next week because I have more bets this week. Oh, geez. I just look Cougar Collins was 1.2% owned on the, uh, on the, on the single entries. Let's clarify on that on the single entries. So uh, if you would have made a cut, that definitely would have been a difference maker. Yeah. Jack went six for six. It was uh it was an impressive week. I wish I could have tailed it a little bit and done the same thing. Unfortunately, that uh, this was not the week. I'm continuing to kind of tread right, tread water, not gain too much, not lose too much, uh, which is okay. Uh, for my bets, I had Taylor Pendra top 20 at plus 125. He was T70. He, he shot, I think, plus four on Thursday, minus six on Friday, 
plus three on Saturday and like even par Sunday. It was not pretty. Uh, I had Wyndham Clark top 20 at minus 120. Thank you, Jack. Uh, and so that was a nice win. And then I had Ryan Girard top 40 at plus 110. That was, again, kind of a flyer just because he was playing for his tour card. Um, he let me down a little bit and missed the cut. I went one for three. I lost 1.17 units. I'm now currently at minus 1.35 units. So I'm still right around zero. But a good week this week, I'll be back in the positives. Yeah, I think especially taking a look at your bets, I know you uh, copied one of my guys, and I feel extremely confident about that one. So yeah. uh, we are going to have a good week this week. Um, as we talked about already with the winner with the uh, Dell match play, my winner's pick was Wyndham Clark at the Corrales. He was in it for 65 holes, yeah. finished in sixth place, which I'm super happy about. Um, but everything looked really good. He was firing on all cylinders. I Taylor Pendrith, he was T70. Not pretty, but I like Jacks better. Pretty Friday. Uh, both both my wild cards also missed it, missed badly. I had Scotty or Rory to win. Both made it to top four. Both made it to the third place match, I guess. Um, and then my other one was Cougar Collins, top 40 at plus 350. Just because I had to do it. I had to do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then my wild cards, one of them was Nikolai Hoyard, top 10. That was at plus 320. And that was a second place for those of you who don't know. Most of the time we don't put um, I know Liam doesn't put a lot of money on his wildcard picks just because he's having fun with it. I always do half a unit on mine. So, you know, 3.2 or 1.6 units is always a nice bankroll builder. Um, and then a winner to not get par in the 72nd hole at Corrales, which is a plus 185. Matt Wallace babied out on his putt to win the tournament. Obviously, he did win, so it all it's all fine in his head. But he babied out on that putt. I was so mad. But, you know. One for two on wild cards. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, there you go. All right. Um, I think we're all set here. You ready for the Valero, Jack? I am because I want to cruise through this week so freaking fast. You have no idea. Yeah, Jack wants to get the next week. You know, get ready for Tiger Woods and everything else that's going on at Augusta. Yeah, I just want to point out, I took all four days off of work for Augusta. I will be <laughs> sitting with a laptop here, a TV here, a laptop here, an iPad with featured cover. Oh, and, and a beverage, of course. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Oh my <laughs> or 12, gosh. Or 12. I'm gonna get before you. I'm gonna look at the pin placements. I want to see 12 and 6 down on 13. I mean, I'm gonna look for everything, baby. Uh keep an eye out for Jack next week. I'm sure his bets are gonna be absolutely on it. Pop on Twitter. Uh all right. So this week we are at the Valero. Um, it is in Texas. We're staying in Texas. Um, normally this this field is highlighted by Jordan Spieth. Uh, but he's not here this year. So it's a little bit of a different field, different, different lineup for sure. Um, is a par 72 totaling about 7,500 yards, maybe 7,480, depending on how it wants to be played. Um, last year's winner was JJ Spawn. Uh, five of the last seven winners here have finished inside the top 30 the year before. Um, the cut has also never been above par here. So last year, the cut was even. Um, but in 2015, there was a major wind adva like advantage that came out, it's almost known now in history in the DFS world because if you had the morning crew on Thursday, they shot an average of a 78. If you had the afternoon crew, they shot about a 74. The made or the cut line in 2015 because of the win was seven over. So, yeah, seven over was the cut line that that year. Exactly. Jack just gave me wide eyes because he's like, What? I don't remember uh, that at all, but that's crazy. Yeah, 2015, it was so windy, it was ridiculous. Uh, so keep an eye out on that. Be you know, beat trust your local weatherman this week. Make sure that the weather's looking decent and that the wind isn't going to be too crazy. 
Um, TPC San Antonio annually has the toughest greens to hit in regulation on the PGA Tour. They sit at about 58%. So just be advised, you guys probably not going to hit the green every time. They got to have a little bit of an ability to get up and down. Um, in terms of an overview, th this tournament is very volatile. The top guys don't always play great here. Uh, so in 2022, all four players that reached triple digits in DraftKings points were priced under 8000 with J.J. Spawn, who obviously won it, being at 6700 last year. Um, also, last year, three of the four most expensive golfers didn't end up making the cut on the weekend. That's reassuring. Well, exactly. Uh, so in 2021, the top two DraftKings scorers were both top 10 in DraftKings pricing, and then five of the next six top DraftKings scorers were priced at 7700 or cheaper. So, again, a couple big names, a lot of low fish. Uh, obviously, this event wasn't played in 2020 because of COVID. Um, in 2019, four of the top seven golfers were priced at 7000 or cheaper. Um, and this was the year Corey Connors won after being a Monday qualifier. So he won it at 6400 um, And that was a big thing. Right when his name started to actually become prevalent. Exactly. Um, and like that year, I think Coot, Matt Kuchar was the highest scoring golfer um, in the 10,000 range, and he finished like tied 15th on the DraftKings leaderboards. So just know that there's a lot of volatility this week. Don't feel like you have to grab all the guys at the top. You know, stick to one or two names that you really, really like. And then I would, you know, find find your names that you think make the most sense in what, 8K, 7K, 6K, Jack, something like that. Yeah, we will definitely get into that and help you guys narrow down your rosters. All right, if you're ready, Jack, let's uh let's run into the uh, DraftKings world. Let's see what we're looking at. 10K range? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, we're doing DraftKings DFS, starting at Terrell Hatton at 10,900, and then Corey Connors at 10,100. I will say this whole group of foursome, and I don't often say this, is terrifying. Because here's the thing. Terrell Hatton, we just saw last week dealing with his hand injury. Did not look like himself, but with that being said, half of his starts this year are top 10s. Half. 50% top 10. It's incredible. Matsuyama last week, injury to the neck, re-aggravated everything. Yep. Scary. Ricky Fowler has to win to make Augusta. That's got to be in your head. I don't care how mentally tough you are. These guys are as strong as anyone else. That has to be in your head. And then Corey Connors, last time we saw him was like 110th place or something like that. So it's just, I don't know, because this isn't what I normally say. Yeah, so this is a this is a weird lineup for me. Um, Hatton, he needs to to chill out on, you know, the wanking and and preferably not hurt his hand. Uh, he, needs to take, he needs to take a little breather there, fix up his hand, get ready for Augusta next week. I'm not getting to him this week. Um, Hideki again, injury concerns. I just can't do it. Like, it's just so volatile that th there's no point in risking it considering he's the second most expensive golfer. You know, if I make that miss again, I can make that miss. Um, he's kind of on like my do not bet list right now, almost like uh, Brian Harmon. Don't say it. Uh, third, Ricky Fowler. Again, there is a lot of pressure on him this week, but arguably, this is like old Ricky Fowler that we're having. Um, I don't hate it. I think if you're going to do somebody in this range, give me Ricky personally. Um, and then the fourth is Corey Connors. Corey Connors is a tough one because he plays well here, but in like 99% of fields, you can get Corey Connors in below 9,000, maybe 8,500. And he's just a very low, like middling type player. 
this week, him being the fourth most expensive golfer and being 10,100, absolutely terrifying. I kind of like a few names underneath him a little bit more if you're going to get to that point. Um, so I think in my mind, if I had to pick, if I had to rate them one to four, give me Ricky Fowler, Corey Connors, Hatton, and Matsuyama. I'm right there. I think Ricky might be number one, but I think Terrell Hatton, if he comes in, his hand injury is 100% healed. He is number one. Yeah. I think he's proven that his putting has been otherworldly this year. And if his hand is actually genuinely even 90%, I think he's number one. Uh, Ricky's a close second. Corey Connors, I'm going to just for health reasons because Matsuyama, yeah. his neck, his back, his wrist has all been kind of going back and forth the whole year. And I think this might be more of a tune-up week going into Augusta than anything else. Yeah, I, I think that might be the case with a few with a few of those guys, and I'm hoping that it's not the case. But yeah. Um all right. Well, I like I like our thought process there. Then are we going into the nine K range? Yeah. So it's starting at Taylor Montgomery, the familiar face around here at ninety nine hundred. All the way to Ryan Fox, 9K. Um, right off the bat, I'll just say Taylor Montgomery is my number one guy in this category. Um, few and far between. He's just been so consistent. Match play, he went against dogs and held up and won against a lot of them. He's just been really good this week. Um, I think he struggled a little bit after that great success. He started to come back to, I'm going to win a tournament to, Slow down, Taylor. Get back into what you were doing. Get back in the groove. And we've seen a couple, you know, top 40 at the API, just outside 40 at the players. Um, I think in a weaker field like this or, you know, weaker compared to players or API, this might be a week where you can get that confidence back and go, you know, maybe top 25. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Taylor's an interesting one for sure. Again, his putter has the ability to, uh, to really help him out, and he's definitely got some distance off the tee. I, I don't hate Siwoo this week. I mean, Siwoo's a Siwoo Kim. Who? Siwoo shaking that ass, Kim. There you go. I understand who you're talking about now. Yeah, 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 exactly. No, I mean, I he's a great player. He's got great irons. He's always good with the approach. He's gonna have no problem in like a windy condition, which again you could end up dealing with this week, depending on what happens. He's 11 for 12 on making the cut so far this year. He won Sony. Yeah, he won Sony. Good. I was making sure I wasn't losing my mind. Um, so he won Sony, so he's already won in the past. He's got plenty of confidence on that. I think Siwoo's a good option. I think if you want somebody that does a little bit of course history, um, that also has been playing well recently, I think Chris Kirk is a very viable option. Um, I know he won in the Honda Classic. He also played well in Sony. He also played well in the American Express. I, I don't hate going back to him, especially if you want a little bit of distance off the tee here. It's not, it's not necessarily the worst thing on the planet. Um, it has helped with longer term, longer distance golfers in the past. Um, so yeah, I think he's a good option if you want to get to him at 9,300. And again, he's played really well here in the past. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, two other guys really quickly that have been starting to pick up their game. Davis Riley, who at the beginning of this year, we were really high on, you know, um, Sanderson, I think he was top 20 and we're like, okay, here comes the birdie man right back in it again. And then at the beginning of, I think, January, he went, you know, like barely made cut, missed cut, you know, worst outside of making the cut. And I think since then, he's had three top 20s and four top 30s out of his last four or five events. Um, so he's been actually coming along really, really good. So he's another guy. And then Ryan Fox, who's had incredible success in the DP World Tour, which, you know, if you know, if he has success in the DP World Tour, you come to a windy event. It's great. He's played in the the uh, Dell Match Play. 
Players Championship top 30, top 15 at API. He's holding against the big dogs. So I don't think this is an unreasonable price for a guy that's coming from the DP World Tour for an event like this. Yeah, we'll just say because we he was the only guy we haven't mentioned. Matt Kuchar did get out of his group at the match play. Um, he has played well here in the past. He he's a safe option if you if you want somebody that'll probably make the cut and finish somewhere between T thirty and T forty five. I'm scared of him to be honest. Cooch Cooch is the guy. I think I don't think he's got win equity, unfortunately, but I think that he could. Uh, you know, he'll make the cut probably and just be middling. Yeah, his last two events, he's finished outside the top eighty five. Um, I think he had one even outside of a hundred. So he had a really good stretch of golf for a little bit there and then just fell off. And I don't know, something just looked off around him, but Dell match play is always a good confidence builder where you can go one-on-one and beat a guy. Yeah. Again, it's just that he's done well here in the past. So it's, it's not the worst option, but again, I think that there are better options around him. Well, starting at better options, why don't we jump down to the 8K range? All right, and at the top of that category, JJ Spawn, 8,900, made it out of the cut or the group stage last week. And then my guy, Nikolai Hoyard, wish it was his twin brother. Sorry about that. Uh, actually, in my opinion, probably the most stacked category if you're taking a look at from top to bottom core golfers. I, I think that there are landmines here for sure, but I, I agree that there are, I think this is where the money is getting made this week. Depending on depending on who you have this week, this is going to make or break your DFS lineup. Yeah, I think half of my DFS lineups and bets are coming from this category. So, makes I, sense. I like it. I'm going to start off number one, Ben Griffin. I'm yeah. back. He's yeah. back, baby. 13 for 15 on cuts. Again, the only one he missed, AT&T Pebble in the calendar year 2023. And I think it it goes back to Fortnite of last year because it's technically inside of the season. Crap, he's. 14 or 13 for 14 in the last what six months he's doing just fine and at this that's what price, I had a, he's I had been this price that. point i mean if you told me that you have the top 100 golfers in the world he'd be at the same price point so i think it's one of the guys you take here um yeah so he's also so he's 13 for 15 on cuts he's got six top 25s He's done really well on windy conditions in the past, such as Honda and the Arnold Palmer. He's also made more birdies this year on tour than any other player so far this season. So if you want a guy that has the possibility to make birdies, Ben Griffin's guy. Yeah, 100%. I, I like him a lot this week. Next, I'm going back to the well once again, twice again, and I believe the 112th time, Thomas Dietrich. Um, I'm going to stick with him. He's failed me, I think, twice, but, you know, whatever. He's won me a ton of money. He's been killing it 13 for 15 on cuts. Um, Honda Classic, and I think players might have been the only two. He's missed three top tens and looked great last week. Um, I'm super high on him, and I'm just going to talk about Nikolai Hoyard again. Yep. Killing it at the DP World Tour. Comes to the PGA Tour. Solo second to Corrales Puticante. Had a chance to win. Didn't go through. He has been killing it. His worst finish in 2023 is 38th. So he yeah. is good. 8K. I'm taking the gamble everywhere and anywhere. Put him in. Yeah. I mean, I think those are the big two names in my mind, too. Ben Griffin and Nikolai Hoygaard. Um that's the big ones. The The other guy that I'll just mention, Cam Davis, uh, he's been talking about how he had like an illness, and that was why he struggled the first two months. Um, I don't know if like missing six cuts in a row is maybe your illness. Like, I don't know how that exactly bad fits. Golf-itis. Yeah, bad golf ascitis or, or not being able to make the cut itis, like however you want to call it. Um, but he looked the a shooters. little... 
yeah, the jitters, the shanks, the who knows. <gasps> Did I know. you just say the S word? I, I know. I said the word. Uh, but I guess he looked decent in terms of match play. And again, this is the kind of course that, that could fit his style of play. Um, so I don't hate it at 8,300, but I like Dietrich more anyways. Um, so I think getting the him at 8,400 probably makes sense. But if you want to be different in this category, Cam Davis is the guy. Yeah, I also want to quickly shout out because I think we forgot to say it. Congrats to Matt Wallace, who's in this category for winning after yep. cussing out his caddy on national television. <laughs> yes. He made it back into the winner's circle. He's had two top 10 finishes in the last two events, including a seventh and a win. So I'm not high on going back-to-back winners unless they're in the top 10 in the world. Uh, but I think another boring, sneaky pick might be Bez this week, Christian Bezadenhut. Not a super long course. Could be putting dominated depending on the day. Um, so he could be a guy that might fly under the radar. Not super high on him compared to some other names, but it could be a sneaky pick down the line. Yeah, definitely. I think Bez is a good option um, for sure. And then that might be the best way to go about it, just in the sense that if he didn't go well last week, I think he might be undervalued or I don't think as many people get to him. So he might be a good contrarian pick. Yeah, 100%. I'm not, I'm not going to Davis Thompson at all. Didn't look like he had the Dell match play outside of battling it up with uh can't remember if it was Ron or Rom or Cantley, or excuse me, Rom or Scheffler at the was it the Amex? Um outside of that, he hasn't looked like himself. And then I know uh he might be a little higher on Adam Shank than I this week. It was uh it was Rom for sure. Uh but yeah, Adam Shank's Adam Shank's a viable option. He's been playing better. Um, he had that long streak of like T20 to T45. Um, so I think that that could work for him. He finished second at Valspar a couple of weeks ago. He took some time off, um, which I think might have had some people forget the fact that he had just finished second at Valspar because um, he didn't play it at the uh, the match play or at Corrales. But at 8,200, not the worst idea of all time. Fair enough. And then we'll jump right into the 7K range. Starting at Brandon Todd, who I think is quietly coming into form. Um, actually, you know, I always say this a deep category, jumping down to my man, uh, MJ Doff. Just kidding. He's not really my man, but um, Harry Hall is going to be sneaky no matter what at 7K. Outside of Valspar, he's, I think, made every single cut this year, um, in 2023 at least. Um, and he's just been a machine with the putter. I think he's like top 10 in every category with the putter. So if it comes down to that and you just got to get on the green, he's another guy to look for. Um, I'll talk about him once, twice, or a thousand times over. Um, if you'll get bored of me hearing it, Brandon Wu, another guy that at the Valspar sucked, took our money and kind of went home. Um, but he was supposedly withdrawing. He was supposedly ill. He's supposedly sick. He comes in, he plays well and then disappears. So he could reappear here because he was battling with the best at some of these fields. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. Uh, he's he's definitely an interesting option. The first name that sticks out for me in this group is uh, Ben Martin at 7,100. He's been playing kind of lights out recently. Um, he's had five straight tournaments where he's made the cut. He had uh, three top 13s in those five appearances. Again, with the other one being a T54 at the Players and then a T44 at the Valspar. Uh, but he's been playing really, really well lately. He's got the distance. He's got good irons. So he's a solid option. I think we're both high on Akshay Bhatia this week. Um, we always tend to kind of like him. And he he has a tendency to to come through in these kind of middling tournaments and find his way into the top 25, top 30 or so and and make his presence known. And again, we've kind of been waiting on that for a little while. Uh, one other name I'll mention, Kevin Streelman at 7,000. 
So he's gone eight for eight here on making the cut and has finished top 20 in six of those eight years, three of which have come since 2018. Um, he's also coming off of his best ball striking performance where he gained four strokes at the Valspar where he finished T27. So Kevin Stroman's game is kind of coming around. And again, he plays really well at this course. Um, so I don't hate going back to him. I don't, I don't love his price, but the last guy I'll mention is Molinari. Um, he just kind of always finds a way to be in contention when you least expect it. He makes lots of cuts. You know, it's not always pretty, but I think this week it could definitely be an interesting week for Francesco. Yeah, I think two other names that I'm not super high on, but I can get to, especially if you know how I bet. Number one's Will Gordon, 13 for 15 on cuts. Um, the only two were back-to-back from Farmers to AT&T, so two loaded fields. Outside of that, he's just been killing it. First round, uh, he's like top 15 in first round scoring. He's had a really good performance, so 7,200 is not unreasonable. And then I'll go back to my mom's favorite golfer, Padraig Harrington. Patty, he's been killing it. Back-to-back top 10s in the Champions Tour. Uh, made the cut on every one of his PGA Tour events this year. Missed one DP World Tour event cut. But outside of that, his average placement's been like 22nd. So he's been killing it. Like you said, not a super long course. So if distance is a huge factor, he might sneak away with a cut. Yeah, there you go. Uh, all right, well, let's get into, do you got anything in the 6K range that sticks out to you? Yeah, number one, it's the only guy that I see that I'm like super drawn to. Number one, Kazuki Higa, last yep. invite to the Masters. Um, haven't really seen him on the PGA tour that much. I think his only showing was the Sony or maybe the Zozo last year. He's been playing a lot of DP world tour, but he's been playing well. So I know he's going to be at Augusta next week. This might be, I'm not sure if this is, I want to try and win it and get some momentum. I'm not sure if this is, I want to try and work on two or three things before I get there. Um, But I think for a flyer at this category, he's not your worst option. Yeah. I think Kazuki, he guys is definitely a, a very good option. If you all, I think the other option at 6,900, if you wanted to do it, was Lucas Glover. Um, has been, He's been excellent here at TPC San Antonio in recent years. Um, he finished T14 in 2019, solo fourth in 2021, and T18 last year. Guy just knows how to hit fairways. I mean, that's really all you need. Not a lot of fairways are going to get hit on this course. So if you can find somebody that's going to hit a lot of them, they're going to play decent this week. I thought you were um, going to say – uh Mr. As I believe you call him smother daddy. Well, smother daddy is interesting and he has played well here in the past. Um, he played actually well here in 20, 2017 when it was, when it was a corn fairy tour event, he finished fifth. That was the year Davis Riley won. Um, and I think Pendrith and Sal Torres were in that field as well. And also were in the top, um, but he is, he is viable, but he's still, he's still growing on me. There was a, there was a while there where I think he was about four for 10 on making the cut. And he was in a little bit of the no go zone. Um, Last but not least, I will mention Tano Goya. He's at 6,500. He's just really good. If you need a cut making machine, especially this low on the board, you know, if you want to get a, a Ricky and a Siwoo in a lineup or a Ricky and a Taylor Montgomery in a lineup. And you want both of them in, um, Tano Goya at at 6,500 might be the best option in order for Peter fit both of them in without losing your whole bankroll. Yeah. And then just a couple of guys that might go undervalued just because of their most recent performance, Ben Taylor, who's having a remarkable year. And I think we mentioned him a couple of times in the middle of the year and then finished like dead last in Valspar. Uh, but he's a guy that can sneak in Doug Gim, 
I uh, grew up right by us. I used to play against him a bunch of times. Back-to-back top 30s, so he's maybe starting to get in form. And, you know, at 6,800, he's not the worst pick. Stewart Sink, I believe, has missed, like, his last six cuts. But he's one of my favorite golfers, so I'll always yeah. include him. Um, Grayson Sig is another guy that I really like. Yeah, that, that was exactly who I was oh. looking at. I was like, is he healthy now? Is Grayson Sig healthy? Because he could be an interesting option. I don't think he was ever injured. I just think he needed a break. He played a bunch back to back to back to back to back. And I just think he wanted a week to himself. Gotcha. Um, he got in this week after not the best showing at Valspar players and maybe even the Honda Genesis. But again, he's proven he can make the cut at this category. You're just looking for a cut. Am I mixing up uh, Sig and Lonto Griffin then? Is well, Lonto Griffin the one that was injured? Lonto Griffin was the one that made his debut. Um, I'll make, I'm, I'm blanking on the actual name, but he just did it a couple weeks ago um, okay. after some wrist or shoulder, and he just came back. But um, one other guy that I think will go undervalued this week, and I talked about him last week, is Trevor Werblow. He's made a ton of cuts, not anything close to winning, um, but since the Sony, which was his last miscut, he's made one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cuts in a row with like an average placement of like 47th. So if you're looking for a guy 6,200 in a field like this, a cut's all you need, and he might surpass that just even a touch. Yeah, there you go. That's a good option. Um, I did look, and it was uh, Lonto who was the one that was injured. He's 7,200, which is not an awful pricing if he's fully healthy. Um, again, there's just going to be some question marks on that one. Yeah, and then um, there's guys like, you know, Brandon Matthews, who's either going to get 30th or 130th. Um, you know, he's, he's the bomber. Um, and then there's guys, you know, you take a look at, you know, Cole Hammer can always pop off. He's proven in some of these PGA Tour events he can. Ooh, Talk Davis the, Love. Davis Love is in here. I will not get to him. <laughs> I will um, either. Terrifying. You know, like J.B. Holmes, or excuse me, uh, Jason Duffner, the waggle. He's in here, you know, performing. His last couple of events, made cut, made cut, made cut, made cut, made cut. So there's guys in here that you can get to. I'm just not fighting for. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're pretty set here then. Um, let's look into our uh, to our lineups. What are we looking at? Just an absolutely terrifying lineup this week on both fronts because I'm starting off with Terrell Hatton, 10,900. Then I'm going to Ben Griffin, 8,700. Thomas Dietrich, 8,400. Nikolai Hoyard at 8,000. Harry Hall at 7K and Akshay Bhatti at 7K. So pretty middle of the road for the last five, but top, I, I'm taking the gamble. Yeah, you're, ta- you're taking the shot. Um, for my DraftKings, I am starting off with Ricky Fowler. Uh, I didn't even talk about all the things I could have talked about with him. He's made nine consecutive cuts, has three top 10s, seven top 20s in his last 10 starts. The Irons are sharp. Um, he plays really good in windy conditions. Just saying. Um, so yeah, Ricky Fowler at 10,200, Chris Kirk at 9,300, Ben Griffin at 8,700, Nikolai, Ho- Nikolai Hoygaard at 8,000. Whole yard. Whole yard at 8,000, Akshay Bhatia at 7,000, and then Tano Goya at 6,500. I think I like your lineup a little bit better than mine, to be honest. It's it there, there is some risk in there for sure. I mean, Chris Kirk, he, I got to see something out of him. You know, I got to hope Akshay comes out to play. Tano's got to make his cut like usual. There's a few things I need to fall my way, but it could be a very dangerous lineup for sure. Oh, for sure, because I'm right there on uh, Akshay, Hoyard, and Griffin. We're, we're going to be riding heavy. Yeah. And uh, my fan duel is very similar to what you just heard. Terrell Hatton, 12,000. Thomas Dietrich, 10,200. Ben Griffin, 10K. Ryan Fox, 9,900. 
Nikolai Hoyard, 9,700, and then Akshay Bhatia, 8,200. So basically flip Harry Hall and Ryan Fox, and you got the same lineup. So we're going out strong or we're going out bad. That's funny because my FanDuel and my DraftKings are almost the same way, except for Hoyard and uh, Siwoo Kim, and I swapped those as well. Um, so my FanDuel, I'm doing Ricky Fowler at 11,700, Siwoo Kim at 11,600, Chris Kirk at 11,100, Ben Griffin at 10,000, Akshay Bhatia, 8,200, Tano Goya, 7,400. I like it. I like it. I think Siwoo might be actually an undervalued pick in terms of DFS this week, just because we haven't heard his name populate in a while. So yep. could be a separator. That's the goal. That's the hope. Uh, but again, I need, a, I need a big thing out of those, like, Ideally, like three or four names there. Ricky Fowler, Chris Kirk, Ben Griffin, maybe Batia if he wants to come out. I mean, if those four do really, really well this week, then I'm going to make a nice amount of money. I love it. And then let's jump into bets. My favorite category of all time. Ricky Fowler, top 30, minus 120. I think he hits that number. I think he's made what, like, if I, I'm not looking at it offhand, like nine out of his last 10. So he's been killing it. Um, Ricky Fowler? Yeah. Nine consecutive cuts. Nine, yeah. yeah. Um, Taylor Montgomery, top 30, minus 105. I like him a lot this week. Ben Griffin's placement was 43 and a half. So 43rd place or better was minus 120. You take that with a guy like in this field. Um, I also have Ben Griffin, uh, top 20 in round one scoring. That's plus 333. Thomas Dietrich, top 30 is plus 165. Blow my mind. Nikolai Hoyard, top 30, plus 165. Blow my mind. And then Ryan Foxy top Australasian, which is plus 120 over Cam Davis and Harrison Endicott. Um, we have found out that that is a mix of Australia, New Zealand, and some neighboring islands, including like Polynesia, Micronesia. So um, I'd never heard that term before today. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it. I actually questioned Jack and just figured that he couldn't type and and typed Australian and all poor. But evidently, Ryan Fox is New Zealander or is a New Zealander. So I guess it... Uh... It works out well for him. So uh, my bets, I'm doing four this week. Um, so I'm starting out with Nikolai Hoyard, uh, top 30 at plus 165. Uh, my second bet is actually Kevin Streelman, top 30 um, at plus 190. And again, I'm doing that because he makes the cut here all the time and because he's been top 20 six of those eight years. Yeah, you have to stare at his backward sunglasses in the back of his head for 72 hours. You know what? I'm just hoping I don't got to stare at the picture of it when he wins it. When he like wins the the bet next week, that's all I'm hoping for. <laughs> that's the goal. Uh, Ricky Fowler top twenty is plus one twenty five, and then Siwoo Kim top thirty is minus one ten. What's think about that? Ridiculous. Yeah, it's wild. So here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen: if Liam hits any combination <laughs> of two bets here, he is positive at or going into Augusta. Yikes. No pressure. No pressure so, at all. So we'll see. It's crazy. Right. Are we going to a winner's picks or bets? Yeah, let's go. Um, I'm going to go wild card because I kind of like mine. Oh, yeah. One is Cam Davis missing the cut. Okay. His illness, uh, miss a lot of putts, ascitis, um, <laughs> whatever it's called. You know, I he's plus 210 to miss the cut. I haven't seen a lot of him. He was supposed to be the underdog at Dell Match Play. I didn't see it out of him there. He just, he doesn't look like himself. And I think this is a, I'm mad at myself. I'm not playing at Augusta. I just got to try and work on some things at a lower field and he's going to miss the cut. And then I have a three clicks to win. Nikolai Hoyard, Thomas Dietrich, or Ben Griffin to win is plus 1300. 
I saw that and questioned everything I've ever seen in my life because that is honestly remarkable considering Hoyard second last week, Dietrich top 10 and Ben Griffin's just been on a tear for his rookie campaign. That would all be their, uh, their first wins on tour too, right? Correct. Yeah, there you go. So that again, a lot, lot of first time winners here at the, uh, the Valero. So that could be an interesting play uh, for my wild picks. I'm, I'm sticking pretty simple. Um, I'm taking Akshay top 20 at plus 360. Um, and then another one I did was 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 Chuck Nasty, Charlie Hoffman. Uh, oh, yeah, top- Charlie Hoffman. He just found out, what, four hours ago he's playing in this event? <laughs> well, again, I only took Charlie Hoffman because he's played well here in, like, shoot, about 10 years ago now that he pl- maybe the last did, did well here, it feels like. Um, but he's played well at this event in the past, and he does well in these Texas courses. So I threw a top 20 on him, plus 400. Uh, plus 400 is also a, a lucky number for us in terms of wild things. Uh, we do pretty well with our plus 400 bets. Um, so I didn't hate that number either. <laughs> oh, that'll be a sweat fest. It's, um, it, that is why it is a wild pick. And that is why it is not in my uh, normal bets. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just rephrase. A wild card bet is something that we have thought about betting. We said the odds uh, were not of our favor and we would not be betting that. Um, so that's kind of why we put these wild cards in there. Um, bet with caution, please. <laughs> <laughs> they are wild picks. You're not supposed to bet a full unit on them. All right. Just Ooh. letting you know. Oh, that's too good. And then my winners this week, going to be familiar names. One is Taylor Montgomery and one is Nikolai Oyard. Uh, both have been strong this year. Taylor Montgomery, I think this is a confidence week for him. And Nikolai Hoyard's just trying to build off confidence and making it to the tournament this week. He wasn't supposed to play, but a top 10 last week got him in. So I think he's just trying to take advantage of any opportunity that presents itself. Yeah, I like those names. Um, I think I've already used Monty. So unfortunately, he he was off limits for me automatically as a, as a winner's pick. Um, but I liked him specifically. Uh, my winner's picks, I'm starting with Ryan Fox. Um, again, if it's windy, you know, DP World Tour boy, he's going to have no problem dealing with the wind. Uh, my second is the runner up from last, well, I guess tied tied to, right, last week, Adam Shank um, at Corrales. And so he did really well last week. Game's kind of coming along. He's had a few weeks in a row here where he's where he's really been coming through. Um, so I'm just kind of hoping he capitalizes on, capitalizes on it this week. Um, honestly, if, if both of them finish top 20, I wouldn't really have too many complaints. Um, considering neither of them are big names that I'm losing. Yeah. Um, so I just need, you know, a nice little carryover week. Yeah, it's for sure. And, you know, we talked about um, it, it was Valspar second because uh, Hoyard was second last week at Corrals. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, that's right. But yeah, I think Shank is going to be one of those good ones that not a lot of people get to. Like, I think we I think you said it's not the worst option because he wasn't that price very high. He's 12 for 17 on cuts. But if you take a look at the cuts he missed, it was in like November and December. So since then, he's been playing a lot better. And I think that week off of get a really good week, go back home, continue on that and come back. I think he could have a good showing this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that'll be the that'll be the game plan. And uh, I think that's it, Jack, for the for the Valero. Yeah, I mean, listen, this week, I like the Valero. <laughs> Next week is my pride and joy. That's my national holiday. That's everything I could hope for in life. Um, so if we could just cruise past this event, get our money, and then basically blow it all at Augusta, that's a dream come true. Again, Jack is going to be all over it next week. Keep an eye on him with social media. Um, if you're listening to this and you follow us on TikTok, you'll know that there is some uh, drama, I guess, going down. They're trying to ban TikTok, but for now, we're going to keep on keeping on. And and yep, they are Jack. They're going. That's news to me. 
There's not a little Jack follows the news. He didn't even realize that TikTok is, is getting sent to the Supreme Court in front of the whole the whole world. But yeah, uh, so we're trying to ban TikTok. We're going to keep on doing it for now. But if things change, um, Jack's always got Twitter. He, you know, he's got no problem roughing it up with everybody on, on Twitter and letting everybody know who's going to win each week. You know it. All right, we'll leave you to it. Let's go out there. Let's win a bunch of money and uh, let's get ready for Augusta next week. Georgia. <laughs> Deuces.